Welcome, everyone, and you're on the air with the IWFFA. This is August 19th. I'm your co-host, Diane Berylson, along with Miss Raina, our philosopher. And tonight, we're going to bring you a few topics, have some conversation, and we hope that you enjoy. So first of all, let me bring on Miss Raina. And how are you this evening? I'm doing well, Diane. How are you? Very good. Very busy. Lots been going on. And, you know, I thought the COVID was over with, but obviously not so. We have, for our listeners, I don't know what countries they are listening from, but Florida is an open state. You know, our governor DeSantis had said businesses and the schools cannot force people to wear their masks. And we have a little surge of COVID cases in Florida. I know Canada is not playing sports. Central America is starting to open up. That would be Guatemala, Honduras, El Salvador. But Guatemalans are still not going to play their regular season. And we have our tournament in P-Town coming up this September. I know the businesses in P-Town, by the way, are not going to let anyone in unless they are vaccinated. That is news fresh off the press. And even with the vaccination, they have to wear their masks. So that's the update on COVID. Do you want to add to it or you want to just give us a quick, how you doing, Miss Reina? No, I'll just give you a quick how you doing you know i've actually been doing pretty well you know my trip from chicago went really well and it's good to be back here in florida and start uh, you know getting back to life because i was actually up there for six weeks and it was really nice to see family and everything but you know it's always nice to get back home and and get back to your daily routine yeah, it is nice. I mean, it's, you know, I, I myself, I do a lot of travel. Everyone is jealous because I, I travel to all these countries around the world, but inevitably it really is nice to be back home and get back in a regular routine. So we're going to take a break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about our IWFFA promotional tour in Mexico, which was last month. Then we're going to talk about the Olympics that's been going on. And also after that conversation, about the Olympics. We're going to talk our future Jamaica promo tour coming up this month as well. But let's take a break. And when we come back, we'll have those discussions. The IWFFA is for girls, juniors, women of all ages, teens and loose women, individual players. We welcome all levels of play, whether you're a novice or the best of the best. It's all about uniting under one umbrella female flag football all over the world. Women should rule their own sports, and we do. So join us today and experience the excitement. Female flag football at its best. And we're back on the air with the IWFFA. You're with co-host Diane Berylson and Miss Raina. And Miss Raina, so I wanted to tell you, first of all, last month, our audience, they didn't hear from us. They ended up hearing from MJ, Maria, and Paola, because our on the air with the IWFFA was in Spanish. Yes. That was, yeah, that was nice. Absolutely. I think that's great. I think it's great because we have so many Spanish speaking countries involved in the IWFFA that I think it's great that this is branching out and maybe soon we can get more languages. Yeah, you know, we do have a lot of Spanish speaking countries, Cuba, Guatemala, Honduras, El Salvador, Mexico, that I'm going to talk about in just a minute, Spain. 
Spain is a new one that signed on to, with the IWFFA. That's a big one. We've got six different leagues, 20 teams in each league. And next year we travel to Spain. But, you know, we take for granted English. I'm, I'm spoiled. I, uh, are, I speak. Are you, Diane? Are you spoiled? Well, when it comes to, well, wait a second. I don't want to give you the wrong impression. Now, listen, <laughs> let me tell you something. I really, I do everything the hard way. I work you, hard you and I'm, I am not a rich person. You do work hard. But with the language, you know, hablo un poco espanol and Europeans, they definitely have a good grip on English. You know, in Scandinavia, those kids, by the time they are nine years old, they're speaking very good English. Yeah. That's wild. That's wild. Well, no, I mean, because English is the money-making language and all the other countries know that if you want tourism and you want to bring an income and everything like that, then absolutely you have to know English. And, you know, I think it's a, I, for, to, to live in Europe, I think it's amazing because a lot of Europeans speak multiple languages because there's so many different countries there. And I always found that fascinating, but you know, what's funny is I've always had up because I'm dyslexic. I've always had a hard time learning another language. You know, I agree with you, by the way, because I know our Central American players, if they want to have a job that makes good money, and I, we're talking about $800 a month is a good salary, they would work for an American company like AT&T or some American or English speaking company, and they answer the phones. Yes. And so if they want to make good money, yes, English is necessary. Also, I thought because of the movies, you know, Hollywood, you know, a lot of these blockbuster movies, England, United States, yes. all the movies in the early years were English. So anyway, IWFFA, now that flag football has boomed all over the world, practically all over the world, we still go funny. We find these countries that have never played flag football before. That's our forte. We, we travel to those countries to teach how to play. But there is a lot of countries who play their different styles. And in Mexico, I'd say five on five, seven on seven, non-contact is most popular. So, but we attracted a group of women, Mexicans, who were interested in the IWFFA because we're a woman's organization. Because we stipulate that the women have to be in charge. Player is a captain on every team. The league has to have a female representative. The country has to have a female ambassador, even if there's a man who owns the league. And they appreciated our philosophy, how we spread the flag football to other countries, that we're going to professionalize the sport in 2025. The flag football festival next year in El Salvador is pretty wild, radical idea. And so Mexico's part of the IWFFA. So I traveled, Alexa is president of the IWFFA Mexico League, and they're phenomenal players, athletes. And I, I give, I have a different take on non-contact flag football. Are you familiar with non-contact flag yeah. football? Actually, that's most of the leagues that I play is seven on seven. So when I first came to the IWFFA, I had to get reused to eight on eight again. Uh-huh. And because the non-contact really developed quarterback and receivers. Yes. Yes, absolutely. And so it's really, it's a great, and you know, we had a team in Guatemala, five on five, that competed in several IWFFA tournaments and they took the championship. So, you know, it's interesting whenever I hear maybe some players say, oh, we are contact blocking from the shoulder to the waist. They think they can't play. They actually have an advantage. Yes. 
I think so. I mean, I could be wrong. It's my opinion, of course. Funny thing is, is that, is that people, you know, don't understand. When you hear contact, you think of NFL right away. So you think that right away oh, that you're, the girls are coming in with shoulder pads and, and hitting each other and knocking each other down. But it's not like that. And personally, I like the eight on eight style. I, I for some reason, I'm more comfortable because seven on seven, uh, when I play quarterback, I as soon as I get the ball, I have like maybe a second to a, less than that to actually get rid of the ball. So in eight on eight, you know, you it's like football where the pocket develops everything and you can kind of see the plays and i i just like that style a little bit more well it's definitely a slower game yes and it's stop and go the eight on eight we use to build leadership skills in our females girls and women you know because it's stop and go it becomes more emotional yes. and women that's one of the things that we have to practice controlling our emotions out there on the field uh, that's a great challenge, especially with the blocking, with that contact, um, <clears throat> especially if you are losing, if you're the player that has to win and you're behind. Um, it, it's a great exercise, you know, uh, in that instance. And then there's eight different positions so that if you can't catch, if you can't throw, there's a position for you. So are we biased? Are we biased, Raina? You know, I, I don't think we are. We're, you and I are pretty open when it comes to a lot of stuff. I, I, I think we have unique perspectives where it kind of is like, yeah, we have our likes, but, you know, we don't, you know. But anyway, I have <laughs> I have a lot of respect for the non-contact, the five-on-five, the seven-on-seven. And I think it is a great builder for flag football skills. Anyway, so in Mexico City, we have two teams and we had three trainings with each group. It was a two and a half hour practice each day. And uh, then we had a scrimmage and then we had a game. We emphasize also on the officiating, by the way, it's not enough that we teach how to play the flag football to the players, but we enforce the players officiating because that has been a hardship through the years in the United States for the last 30, 40 years, I say. You know, we've had leagues. Uh, you know, I, the very first league I started was the Brooklyn Women's Flag Football League. That was in the 80s. And, you know, I left for Key West, but after I had left, the officials went up to $60 a game. Wow. And there's three referees. Yeah. So they were getting, uh, and we're talking about, we are amateur. So $180 per game. And the women decided, you know what? They're spending an awful lot of money on these officials. So they just folded. It folded wow. because it, it got too expensive. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And also we want the players to to officiate because it'll make them better players. They will know all rules. And we say uh, from experience, Scandinavia and in El Salvador, well, Central America. But, you know, when the women officiate the flag football players, chances are they are not officiating tackle or five on five, seven on seven. They're not confusing IWFFA rules with other styles. So for that reason as well, it's really great to have the players officiate. They know the rules. And the last thing I want to say, women are very conscientious of their responsibility and they take very good respect and responsibility for the officiating. We have never had a situation where a player who was not, her team was not playing, who was on the tournament or the league game officiating, where it was a controversial call, where perhaps 
she made a bad call to, to favor her team. That argument has been spread, but I disagree with it. I say the women, the players to officiate are honest and do a very good job. Yes, absolutely. Well, you know, people are people. And it's, you know, I don't know if, if women or men are, are better or worse than each other. But I know that if your heart's in it, and it's more than just, hey, I'm trying to I'm officiating because I want a paycheck, you know, you're, you're kind of, you know, we are a little bit more attentive. But I know that when you when you've been a player, and your heart's in it, you kind of like you want to do better at especially because eventually when I retire, I'll probably go to officiating both softball and football. And and because, uh, you know, I love being on the field regardless if I'm playing or not. And I think that that passion will come into it. And I think that's really important. And and I think we're starting that as the IWFFA, right, where, where the women are taking into officiating now more. And I think that that will give them a better dynamic of the game and kind of make that full circle of the league. You know, we have Brasida Beltran from El Salvador, who is the officiating director. And she has, she and I, Mostly her, though, we, we IWFFA offers officiating certification. So anyone out there, female, who would like to learn how to officiate, contact our office and join the next clinic. It's a two-clinic process. That's for certification. And then for internationals, that, that's so that you could officiate in your country. And then we have international certification. There is a physical test involved. And so then you can get your international certification. So anyway, in Mexico, I was amazed. The women who officiated were fantastic. Wow, they were wonderful. They were great. So kudos, congratulations to Babarios and the Lenises and to Brenda and Alexa and Chico and all the women in Mexico. They um, they were wonderful. And they're coming to Key West, by the way, January. As a matter of fact, oh my gosh, we've got a lot of international teams coming to Key West. I'll share with you later in the program. Right now, Miss Reina, let's take a break. And when we come back, let's have a nice conversation about the Olympics, okay? We'll be back in just a moment. Have you registered for the next IWFFA tournament? It's easy. It's fun. It's flag football. We welcome all ages and levels of team play from highly competitive, competitive, social, beginners, juniors, and girls. And we want to see you and your team on the field at the next IWFFA tournament. We offer tournaments throughout the year and around the world. Just go to our International Women's Flag Football Association's website, experience the excitement, and play IWFFA. Female flag football from all over the world at its best. See us on YouTube, our website, and email IWFFA at IWFFA.com today to join. See you on the field. And we're back. You're on the air with the IWFFA. This is Diane and Miss Raina having a conversation about flag football news or anything of interest for the women. And Miss Raina, Let's talk about the Olympics because the Olympics are taking place now. Are you watching the Olympics? You know what, Diane? I, I was and I'm no longer watching the Olympics. I'm just so disheartened with what's going on in the Olympics nowadays or this time. I just I, I don't even want to spend my time watching it anymore. 
Why? Why? What's happened? Well, I mean, I, there's been so many things going on in the news, and I, I don't know if most people heard. There is an Olympic athlete. She did gymnastics, and her name is Simone Bile. And, you know, one of the things that I just felt very unfair is, you know, a lot of people, Diane, we practice our whole life, right? And we work hard. We're taught, to, I mean, you and I both know that we're taught to be, to train hard, to, you know, put in all the work and everything. And you're supposed to be able to compete and be rewarded right right and and so while the olympics are saying because this girl i guess during warm-up she was doing some uh some moves that she was going to perform during the olympic and the olympic committee saw it and she was landing them beautiful moves i gotta say i saw the videos and i was just in awe and they said, well, you know what, Simone, you're too good. And that's not fair to everybody else now. So we're going to only score you half the points for your moves just so it, so other people can compete. Is that the reason why she didn't compete? I thought she's, she had told people that she was too stressed out. Well, that's the reason why is because the, the Olympic Committee was saying, well, you can compete, but you can only get so many points for your things because you're doing moves that other people can't do. And because of that, it's not fair for others. So she trains so hard and so well, and she's just a naturally gifted athlete. And she's performing these moves. I'm, I mean, I don't know how many times she's probably practiced it, but she's finally worked. And now the committee is saying, no, you can't, you can't do them. And if, unless you, if you do it, then we're only going to give you a half or quarter of the points. Wait a second. How in the world? But how about all these other athletes who are gold medalists year after year? Do they do something to those athletes? You know what? Some of them, yes, they they do. Some. <gasps> this is not the first time that this has happened, and that and uh, it, they wanted to do something against Michael Phelps as well. Because remember, I think last time or two two times ago, he was winning like eight, nine, twelve gold medals at once, and yeah. uh, and they were just like, you know, it's not fair to the other people. But you know, in reality, isn't that a, the point of competition? Is to compete against the best? I mean, you're amateur you're not supposed to be professional and that's another reason why i'm not watching it is because there's a lot of professional athletes wow. amateur thing now and wow. so so how is this fear diana an 18 year old is going up against you know a 29 30 year old who's been in professional their whole lives i mean what what's fair about the olympics anymore wow i you know what i didn't know that that was what was really happening. And, but she did end up, but Simone did end up competing on the bars, I think, or something. And she took a bronze medal. Yes. So she, so in other words, the reason why she probably got the bronze was because they took points away from her and she was there a chance she could have gotten the goal well you know when the olympic committee said that that you know hey this is what we're going to do i mean that kind of deflates the you know all your hard work and your mental and emotional oh, yeah and, and, and you know and, and so i think that she just did it just to say she competed in the olympics and everything but mm. but having the stress of that and realizing that she was going to pe be penalizing her team you know, the, if she stays in, that's oh. why she actually dropped out. Oh, so in the gymnastics, it's not just an individual who is competing for the medal. Uh, every time a team member gets a medal, it's extra. It's points for the whole team. I, I believe so. I, I think oh. that's how it works. Because, yeah, there's there's like oh, four or man. five people on a team. And oh, so they man. all have their specialties. They all do their things and they all kind of you like you either. So you can win individually as well, but you also win as a team.
Okay. Wow. Wow. That's really, that is really sad. Now, listen, I'm going to, I'm going to change the subject. It's still Olympics, but something else that happened that I'm not happy about the Norwegian beach volleyball women were to, wanted to wear regular shorts and they were fined thousands of dollars because they didn't want to wear those like string bikini. They didn't want to wear those. And, and, and the Olympic committee, you know, I'm picturing old, old white men on this uh, Olympic committee. And, you know, why in the world do they care if the women on the uh, beach volleyball are wearing regular shorts or bikini? What do they care? Unless I'm picturing them drooling. You know what I mean? <laughs> exactly. And, and that's what it's about, Diane. You hit it right on the head. It's, it, it's a, it, it is sexism and it is about money because, you know, if there's, if there's pretty girls that, are, that have good bodies on TV, then, hey, people are going to watch or at least men and, and that. And so they're trying to drive that. And really isn't, I mean, volleyball is not about how, how hot you look. It's about who can win, right? We are still playing a game. You know, that reminds me of the LFL. Uh, it used to stand for Lingerie Football League. And, you know, women who would play tackle indoors, uh, the, the Lingerie Football League. Now they changed their name to Legends, I think. I, I'm not sure about the, the current title. But uh, those women had to wear gimpy clothing. And, you know, if they were making a dive to tackle a woman, many times they'd get up and part of their body was exposed if it was a breast or their butts were hanging out. I'm not happy about that. And I really feel for the women. I, I, I wish the women wouldn't succumb to to those kinds of things. It's a male. What do we call it, Miss Reyna? It's a little bit of chauvinism, you know, and in, in chauvinism, way. derogatory, yes. I think, yeah. minimize the talent. And instead, they're trying to sell the the clothing or the sexism Oh boy! Well, but I mean, and and that's the thing. I mean, you have players like the one uh, volleyball player from Siberia. And, uh, she was uh, she made a racial a racist gesture against someone from Thailand. And and you have people and a girl from Germany did something. I can't remember what she did. Uh, she said something or did something and, and you know you have all this different things going on it is not the olympics anymore the olympics were supposed to be bringing all the worlds to all the countries together for a short time to compete you know their best amateur athletes and it's gone to be a business it's gone to be about money right. uh, because the united states sponsors uh, uh the olympics big time and that's the reason why we get our professional athletes in and i mean you remember when uh when the dream team came in back in 1988 i think it was and and, uh, yeah. and, and, and they paid the Olympics big money because before that, it was an amateur. If you were a professional in any sport in any country, you could not play in the Olympics because that right. was the point. And then the United States dumped millions of dollars in their lap and they said, OK. And from that point on, the Olympics changed. And so now it's so that's how, yeah, that's how that's how they accepted the professional men's basketball team in the Olympics because yes. they were paid off. Yes. Wow. Yes. That's so it. It, it is. And it's been like this while. I mean, these poor girls are there to play volleyball. And I give my hat off to these Norwegian girls for standing up. I mean, our, our you know, their country is a little bit more open than the United States. But still, they said, you know what? Hey, we're here to play volleyball, not look good for you. There was uh, I know that Pink offered to pay for their fine. And there was I heard there was another uh, singer who ended up paying their fines. If, if it's true. 
you know, I get, listen, we should let our listeners know everything in the, our conversation is opinion. If I got my facts misconstrued, just contact our office. <laughs> <laughs> right. But right. Listen- Drop an email. But, but honestly, they, they did get, they did get fined uh, 20,000 fr- uh, Swiss francs. That's what it was. So wow. I, don't know what that, I don't know what that equates to in, in U.S. dollars or any other country yeah. that's listening, but you know, that that's, that's a lot of money just for not wearing shorts, you know, and, and Swiss francs. Swiss francs, but they're playing in Tokyo. It doesn't matter because that's their country that they're coming from. You know, okay. so so they can't find you. So they can't find you yen if you if you don't have it. You know. Well, wait a second. Wait a second. Uh, the Norwegian team. Maybe they were finding them in Norwegian money. What you said, Switzerland? No, because that's the area. That's that's their currency. So uh, so oh. they're they're fined in, in Swiss francs. And I'm re- I'm looking Isn't at the, that- I'm looking at it right now because I wanted to you know me I love okay. my stats and that's what said it's been shown it's uh, they've been benched for two games uh, find uh, twenty thousand Swiss francs <gasps> so benched yeah. for two games oh yes. my god well listen I uh, I wanted to come back to that professional men's basketball team I thought that was horrible too because you took away the opportunity for college basketball players who or or amateur basketball players who didn't make the pros, their opportunity to have a wonderful experience to play in the Olympics. That was 1984, I believe, right? I think, no, I think it was 80. I think it was 88. I think whatever the first year the the dream team came in, I think that was the first time that that happened. Okay, so I do remember the professional USA team played against Cuba and Cuba won. And okay. that was an upset. And when the game was over, a reporter came up to one of the American basketball players and said, what happened to Team USA? And the guy says, well, they didn't play me. That's yeah. what happened. That's, that's <laughs> yeah. what the guy said on, on international TV. The reason why you, Team USA didn't win the gold or, or didn't win that game was because they didn't play him. Yes, yeah. Yeah, I, the the dream team was in it was in 1991, and because uh, I'm looking it up, and, and but that's the thing, you know. I mean, w- w- do you remember what happened in 1991 Olympics with the dream team? How many, uh, how they just beat everybody like a hundred and something to like fifty. <gasps> Do you remember that? No, I don't. Yeah. And, and so and so it really wasn't lopsided because these professional, we took the best athletes in the world that were playing for the yeah. United States and put them against kids that were just out of college or just in college that had, and it was like a hundred and something to like 40, sometimes 30. Oh. And it was so sad. And we were so proud of ourselves. Like, that's like, that. that's like, so, you know, that's like a, you know, 25 year old playing against maybe a 10 year old. I mean, you're, yeah. you're proud of that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't like watching games like that when it's a slaughter. I think at a certain point, you know, put your second string, put your third string, stop, stop making that kind of score. But you know, something else that I was thinking about, it's funny how these athletes they they are they work really hard they want the gold but and if they get a medal they're happy so the top three but what if so imagine if they gave out four medals for the top four athletes and i imagine that the athletes i think it's the my point is the medal is what's driving the athletes at times 
I was just thinking about it. I don't, I haven't thought it through. I don't know really what my opinion is, but I just thought it would be interesting if we gave out four medals, what's the point of, of competing? Is it to know that you are the, the best athlete in the world or is it to get that medal, whichever one it is? What's your opinion? Oh, that's, that's, that's a really good question because honestly, um, you know, it, it, I, I have a hard time with this because I don't see like, like, I, I don't see championships as metal as, as I, I don't know. I don't hold at least to my values. I don't hold those things as, as, as what other people do. So to me, it's like just going there doing, it. and if you win a medal, great, that shows, I, I don't know, because it, you know, it really depends on how the athletes take it and really what their goal is. If you're taking it as yes, this means that I'm the best in the world. And, and it, you're not understanding that it was about the hard work. And that shows that you, that your hard work paid off. But then again, you know, what does that say to people that are silver and bronze? I mean, you kind of are, I see people who have silver and bronze and you see their face, they're smiling, but they're not happy because they didn't win gold. And so are they really understanding the, the, what, what this is all about? Or is it just, I have to get gold in that? Yeah. And don't forget these athletes, when they take a medal, preferably the gold, they're going to get some endorsements. Yeah. And that means uh, financial gain. So we think, we think. And also, I wanted to talk about another interesting event was the women's weightlifting. Because for the very first time, these old men, who I still picture drooling watching women's beach volleyball, allowed a trans woman to compete in the weightlifting and um, she was from New Zealand. Do you can you look up her name, please? Her or name do you is, know? Her name is Laurel Hubbard. Laurel Hubbard. And you Hubbard. know, I was really happy because when these for gays and lesbians, when marriage was legalized, I know it made a big difference in my life. And then also for the trans men and trans women, they are discriminated. And I was so happy that an entity like the Olympics would accept a trans athlete, man or woman. However, Miss Raina, how do you feel about it? Because you know that before she she was a weightlifter. Well, first of all, let me say I am totally 100% supportive of the transgender community. I, I think that that life and that lifestyle is very hard. And I give kudos and props to anybody who decides to transition and become who they really are. With that being said, I'm going to say a very unpopular opinion because I am an athlete and I understand the athlete's body plus I've 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 medical degrees and everything and I don't think that's physically fair for gender born women to compete against people that were born and have muscle mass and muscle structure as a man and then transition I don't think that's fair. Yeah. Yeah, I uh, there is a big difference and also so she did compete. I think she threw it. I don't think she put all her effort into lifting. I think she threw. Is that what you say when she intentionally lost? Yeah. She threw. Yeah, yeah. I think so. Did you see it? Did you see I- her competition? I have not seen the competition and stuff. I just, I heard, because like I said, I've been walking away from a lot of the Olympics after some of this stuff has been going on. And then when I heard that, I was like, I wasn't sure what kind of the story was, but I did read about it. And, you know, and, and, and you, and you kind of need to, because you kind of understand that if she would have won, 
it would have been, it, you know, like when you, people don't understand that when you, when before puberty, you both, both sexes, it doesn't matter male or female, the body structure and the muscle mass is the same. And when you're older and you start to get really old and both all the hormones die in both sexes, both men and women are the same strength again. Okay. But in that time of, of, you know, adulthood or, you know, after puberty, the body changes physically for both men and women and men become stronger. They have more muscle mass, they have a thicker bone structure and they are able physically able to hunt. So, so after puberty, that's where I have it. If, if someone transitions before puberty and they start taking hormones and their body grows into a, into a female's body beforehand and, and that, then, and then they want to compete and if they win hey i'm all for that but yeah once you once you've been a, a guy for so long after puberty and that body development happened and then you transition yeah I, I, it's it's not fair and so if, if she did throw it i give her props for that because i think she understood that yeah well she made a political statement uh i i heard that the olympic committee was going to relook at accepting transgenders men or women and we'll see what comes out of it but then if she threw it and if uh, we're correct then I got I got I got a lot of respect for her I only hope that she didn't knock out somebody in New Zealand you know another woman who was competing in weightlifting but but so isn't, but isn't isn't that isn't that the, the, that's the catch 22 because on one hand I'd really love to see transgender men and women go apart and be a part of these things but at the same time there's a fine line you know and and, and yes and, and you hit it right on the point what if she knocked out somebody who's been you know was born female and been working hard and then she just and so yes it, I could see why there's so much controversy over this. Very good point listen we are also interesting IWFFA we don't have any rule excluding transgender women, trans women. And I think we might be the only like football league. I was told by a trans woman that we're the only league that allows her to play. And so that's interesting. Oh, good, good, good. Yeah, no, no, they can. But uh honestly, uh, Diane, that's important because a lot of people, I have transgender friends and I know that a lot of times it's very, they don't know if they can do anything. They they stop their lives because it's like, well, you know, some people just, you know, they they don't know where they're accepted anymore. I remember one of the saddest things, I I was part of a league, a softball league one time and someone who was transgender, male to female, Email, was playing softball for one of the teams and the league was an all lesbian league and everybody made fun of her until she quit and I just was so disappointed because oh. I'm like, this this is the this is our own group this is the mm. LGBTQ and there were straight girls on there too uh, but it was predominantly and everybody was making fun and so I, I get where it's kind of really hard and I'm so glad that the IWFFA uh, accepts everyone yeah we do so okay so I think it's time we take a little break and when we come back we're going to talk about what's up in front of us for the IWFFA we'll hear about our promotional tour in Jamaica, a tournament in P-Town. We'll be back in a few. Want to start your own team or league? Would you like to learn how to officiate flag football? How about offering a players clinic in your hometown to learn how to play flag football? 
the IWFFA does just that. We have traveled across the United States and around the world since 1995, introducing the sport in some countries, creating new teams and leagues in others, and the IWFFA can help you. Just send an email to IWFFA at IWFFA.com. And we're back. You're on the air with the IWFFA. I'm your co-host, Diane Berylson, along with the philosopher, Miss Rayner. Miss Rayner, you are our philosopher. I just, I was going to start talking about our promotional trip, but why don't you explain to people what a philosopher does for the IWFFA? <laughs> oh, oh, wow. That, that's, that's, that's I, I don't know what a, the philosopher does. But basically what I do is I kind of oversee kind of just the, the judgments of the way things are going in the IWFFA and I and I listen to people and I'm there for people and I think that's really important because uh, you know the uh, the league is more about football it's about us growing together about it's about human humanity it's about people understanding how to develop who you are as well because that's what really sports brings to us it allows us to grow in that sense and that's it's more than just winning a tr championship and a trophy and a bunch of t-shirts or whatever and saying you're the best and so what I so that's what I do I'm all I, I want anyone in the IWFFA to know that if there's a if I'm at a tournament or we're at practice or leagues something and you see me and, and you know you need someone to talk to I'm always there for you guys uh, if there's something going on with the team some disharmonies or anything I'm always there for you and also I kind of just make sure that we're going in a direction that is going to be beneficial to the league because I really believe in this league I believe in Diane Diane works so hard for all you girls and I really hope that you guys know that she puts in so much work for that and I always want to make sure that this league is successful just as much as Diane so that's kind of basically what I do well th th well thank you Miss Raina by the way for those kind words but I want to also share with everyone the idea to have a philosopher for the IWFFA came when I lived in Norway. You know, Norway found its oil in 1972, oil. And all of a sudden, this country had so much money. And instead of hiring a banker or an oilman or engineer, you know, as to what to do with this newfound money, they hired a philosopher. And the philosopher came up with the idea that this oil was was from the land in in Norway and that all Norwegians should benefit. So they, so, you know, here we have like Chevron and BP and those <laughs> companies, when they find oil, they keep it, man. They keep the profits, but Norway, they put the money in the bank. So anyway, I thought how smart that they hired a philosopher. So that's where I got the idea. Our first philosopher was an archaeologist, by the way, and she put meaning into a lot of things that we do as a woman's organization. And then our second, and I, I, I'm so bad with names, forgive me, please. Our second philosopher was a political activist. You know, we're a woman's organization fighting for equal rights. We want women to be leaders. And then we, you're number three, Miss Reina, and you are spiritual. So actually, man, I think we've been really lucky with our philosophers. Uh, very been. interesting women. And Miss Reina, you do put things in phenomenal, wonderful perspective to open up thoughts and our minds. And uh, you do a beautiful job. And every flag football news that's emailed to all of our members you share some insight with us 
So, oh, well, well that's Miss Raina. Well, thank that, you, huh? Diane. No, no, I just want to say thank you for that. I really appreciate that. And, and, and that's what I think that the, the girls at the league, I hope that they realize that this is more than football. Yeah, we use, I like to say flag football because in, in, in around the world, football is soccer. In America, it's tackle. I'd like to say flag football. Okay. I want to oh, brainwash, <laughs> I, I want to brainwash you, Miss Raina. Okay. That's going to be flag really hard football. to do. <laughs> but, but flag I'll, football. I'll, I'll put a post-it down there. Okay. Well, listen, our next topic is what's what's happening, what's coming up with the IWFFA, and that is Jamaica. Jamaica, so we've got a promotional tour next week. It's going to be August 16th to the 23rd, and we've got the women from Jamaica are going to learn how to play flag football. They're going to learn how to officiate. They are sanctioned by the IWFFA. But you know what? I want to share something interesting. I told you that Spain had contacted us early in the program and they're coming to Key West. We're going to have some Spanish teams in that Kelly McGillis Classic tournament. But so I thought, oh wow, what a wonderful opportunity. I'm teaching the Jamaican women how to play eight on eight flag football. So I invited a woman from Spain. She plays there. They do the five on five. And so she's going to join me as well. So I have a future trainer who is going to join me in Jamaica. And that is exactly where the IWFFA is going because I am 62 years old and my years are coming. And so other women, younger women need to have the experience of turning on other countries, other women to flag football, the eight on eight game, it's which which is going to empower them. So we'll have the Jamaican promotional tour. When I say promotional tour, it's going to be the trainings, the clinics. And then we'll have on the Sunday, August 22nd, it'll be a sunbow. It'll actually be competition with the teams so that they could compete and practice what they just learned. So did I invite you to Jamaica, Miss Raina? Uh, I, I think you did, but unfortunately, until I get over what I'm dealing with, is health-wise, it's going to be really hard for me to travel places. Okay. You know, I'd like to out there, though, any women who is interested to travel to other countries and teach girls and women how to play flag football, that w that's exactly what we want. We want our women to go out there and have that experience. You're definitely going to grow from it. And then also, what else do we have going on? The P-Town tournament, Miss Raina. Yes. The P-Town tournament, September 17th to the 20th it's going to be our 15th annual and you competed in that event yes yes i i, I loved it dan i really did you, you know a funny story was when i first got to first order this was one of my first tournaments that i that i joined in and when i lived up in the new england area when i lived in rhode island in connecticut we used to call p-town which is providence rhode island we used to call that p-town so when we when I booked the flight, they're like, "Oh, the P Town Classic." They didn't tell me it was in Massachusetts, so I actually booked oh. a flight from Florida into Rhode Island. And all of a sudden, I was like, "Yeah, you know, I'm going." And you know, one of the teammates was like, "No, it's in Massachusetts, P Town." I was like, "Oh my god!" So I actually had to change my flight, and luckily, I got booked on the same flight as some of my teammates. But I almost went to Rhode Island instead of Massachusetts. Oh my god! How much did you pay for that plane ticket? It was actually cheap. I got it on cheap fares or something like that it was only like a couple hundred bucks but it cost me like 80 dollars to cancel the flight oh that sucks yeah. you know by the way 
flying into Boston is cheap. I got round trip from Key West to Boston, three hundred dollars. Wow. It costs it costs me one seventy five if I want to fly from Key West to Miami. New Orleans is another great tournament, cheap to fly in. Louis Armstrong Airport. I paid two hundred seventeen dollars from Key West to well New Orleans, Louisiana. So sometimes you know the cities in the states, their airports, they don't have high taxes. And so then the airline tickets are going to be cheap. But that P-Town tournament, and that's where I met you, uh, Miss Rayner. And that's when uh, you were eating the healthy fruit, food. And I got we got into a conversation about uh, spiritual stuff. And um, that's what really uh, turned me on to your philosophies, your own lifestyle. And that's why I asked if you would be our philosopher. Yes, so that's yeah. a... We actually yeah. had some good talks there, actually, in the P-Town Classic. And, you know, it's a very memorable. it was very memorable because, you know, I mean, not only did we connect it, which was really nice, we had some great conversations, but it's just a beautiful town. And it's very quaint. It's that it's got that old school look to it, you know, when the country kind of first settled in. And I just love that thing. And everybody there was so friendly. And we had a great time. I, I don't know how everybody else did, but I know our team, we went out as a team. We went to the bars. We went to dinner. We walked around. We went shopping. We did all these things. And I really got to see a side of my team that, you know, because a lot of times you practice with teams. You really, you know, our team tries to hang out as much as possible, kind of like a family. But it was a really wonderful experience and I really suggest and I'm not just saying this for for the IWFFA but I really suggest if you guys are interested in going you got to go there because just the the scenery alone and just how quaint the town is it's, it's just beautiful well you know the, t the time of year it's superb yes also yes. it's similar to Key West but smaller and you can walk all around but we've got the bike shack sponsoring <laughs> yes. all the, all the teams the woman is giving anyone free bicycle rental and so that's why we say on the 20th the event continues because that's the day after the games and it's a nice time to go bike riding on the dunes in the cape you know they it's a beautiful scenery but miss rain i was going to tell you you know i'm really proud for our IWFFA tournaments because of the camaraderie, because the games are clean. And when the games are over, teams, they shake hands. I mean, you know, sometimes with, with sports, you know, the competition can get pretty aggressive or animosity, but we've got really nice tournaments and this P-Town is really special. Some of the teams have been coming back for many years. You got New Jersey, Rhode Island, Blue Wave. We picked up new teams this year. We've got Pittsburgh, we've got Fort Lauderdale University, new team. And then also we have a team from DC. We actually have two more spots. So if there's any team that wants to register, and of course the loose women. The loose women's team is really special. Maureen is on that team. Maureen is our oldest player. You know how old she is? How old is she? You want to guess? Um, okay. I want to say 68. Nope. No. 72, 72, oh, I 72. Close, I was close. <laughs> well, yeah, you were close. She was 70 when we, when uh, she played last, last year, COVID, we couldn't play this year. We're definitely having the tournament and she's 72 and she was the first loose woman to sign up. Isn't that sweet? Wow, that's amazing. Yeah, and that and that goes to show you no matter how old you are, you still can enjoy the game. And I got to be honest, I hope when I'm that age, I'm still doing it. Well, and, and that you're welcome to play. You're welcome to join us. And the team loves her. 
and we all love her. Wow. Okay, Miss Raina, I think that's it. I think time is up. Oh, is so, it, is it up um, already? I, I think, yeah. Well, I think well, we ran out let, of time. Yeah. Let me let me say one thing really quick. I you okay. know you you mentioned the dunes and the bike ride, and you know that was one of the things that I really enjoyed because yes, the lady at the bike shop is amazing. We had conversations. We went into her house. We sat around, talked to her for a while. I mean, she just welcomed us into her house, and it was it was such a warm feeling, and it was nice because we got to ride the bikes the entire time. Whenever we weren't playing football, we took out the bikes as a team, and we were just riding around. We we would go uh, to our places, and the dunes was really uh, beautiful. Uh, we we did the dune rides and everything our team did, and that was amazing as well. Yeah, you know, oh, I'm I'm glad you said that. That was Liz from the Bike Shack, by the way, lovely woman. You know, I I really encourage flag football players to join at least one of our tournaments so that they can enjoy the so, enjoy the social events because we think about that. We we want the teams to socialize with each other so they make friends so that their games the next day are more friendly. I, I, I attribute a lot of the good sportship to that factor, the socialization. But yeah, so that's that. Well, listen, Miss Raina, would you like to share anything else? No, no, no. Our time is up and it's sad, but okay. we'll be back next, next month, right? Okay, we'll be back next month. MJ, we miss you, MJ, but thank yes. you so much for taking on the Spanish shows. And to our listeners out there, thank you very much for listening to our conversations. We would love to have you on. Just contact our IWFFA. You can either email. The address is IWFFA at IWFFA.com. Our website is IWFFA.com. Let us know what you'd like to hear on the air with the IWFFA. And Miss Raina, maybe we should do a live show pretty soon. What do you think? Yes, I would love to do that. I love live shows, so I'm up for anything. Listen, Miss Raina, as as always, you were fantastic. Thank you so much for sharing with us and for being our philosopher. And thanks, everyone, for listening. We'll see you next month on the air with the IWFFA. Bye.